fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. As if. You're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. It is the 30-something movie podcast, and I am here with my team of sneakers. Patrick, how's it going? It's going great, John. Super excited for this week. Excellent. Bodacious, how are you? I am well, John, yourself? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing excellent. We're here to talk movies. I always enjoy talking movies, so I'm always going to be excellent during that time. Our movie this time around is Sneakers. From 1992. Very, very quickly, we spoil the movies we talk about. We spoil freely as we talk, so this is your only warning. Make sure you visit our website, 30podcast.com, where you can leave a rating, leave a voicemail, become a co-executive producer via Patreon. Thank you, as always, to our co-executive producers on Patreon. You help keep everything going here. You help keep us fueled and, and the websites running and the shields up and the deflector shields fluxing and... All the, I just mixed like a whole bunch of different things together. Yeah, you were all over the place, yeah. brother. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird when Spock went in and had to like fix the Mr. Fusion in that one scene, and then he died. Mm-hmm. Well, and then he learned how to paint the fence. Don't forget. Right. Right. It was the wax on, prosper off. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Pat, you sound like you're about to say something. I, I, I got nothing. I'm just sitting here marveling. I'm just trying to like process like everything that's. I don't even know what movie on. we're talking about anymore. I'm not even sure. Yeah, it's, it's outstanding. Does it matter? It doesn't really matter. No. We, we we just did like the the movie quote equivalent of Ready Player One. Right. Right. I'm gonna say, getting back to the theaters, that is one of the f- most funnest, the funniest commercials whenever and i don't even know what they're selling but it's like they speak movie quote have you guys been back to the theaters and seen that like it's like a i don't know how like a 30 second a one minute spot i don't even know what they're selling i don't know what they're advertising but everything that the people say and it's a bunch of people coming into a theater everything they say is a movie quote oh nice and it's like do you speak movie we speak movie come by whatever and it might be for the theater i don't know so it's basically us it's basically us. Yeah. It is us. Okay. Talking movie quotes. Yeah. Talking movies. <laughs> Weezing the juice, buddy. Wheeze the juice. There's no wheezing of the juice. All right. So like I said, our movie this time around is Sneakers. But before we do that, we have entered the, whereas it's not safe to enter the Mutara Nebula because your stuff's not going to work there, we have entered the month of August, which sometimes is like the Mutara Nebula, mm-hmm. especially when you have to go back to school. Yeah, it's, you know, but it's still, it's August. Scanners are a little messed up and shields are inoperative and it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a little gassy. That's all I know about August. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> what, what I love is this, this. It's an audio podcast, so nobody can see anything. I love the looks that I just got. Like, everything went dead <laughs> silent for a second, and and Pat's head was not even in view of the camera. So all I see is is all of a sudden, like, there's no Pat, and then all of a sudden his head just, like, swings up, and it's like... <laughs> yeah, I, that's right. And I get this kind of, like, what you talking about, Willis kind of a look. Yeah, man. Well, I don't want to rush things, but turn the fan on, shut the door, and let's get into this movie. All right, there we go. All right. Before we do that, though, because this is the first episode of the month mm-hmm. of August, we got to hop into DeLorean, head back in time to this month in 1992. 
When this baby hits 88 miles per hour. You're gonna see some serious. Get back, Marty. All right, top news for this month, August 1992, August 8th. Metallica singer and guitarist James Hetfield suffers second and third degree burns during a pyrotechnics explosion on stage Mm. at Olympic Stadium in Montreal. August 12th, Canada, Mexico, and the United States announce completion of negotiations for the North American Free Trade Agreement. Mm. Um, Or NAFTA, if you're nasty. Mm. Births on August 20th, Demi Lovato, the American actress Mm. and singer-songwriter, was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Top sports, I believe the first couple of weeks in August were the Barcelona Summer Olympics. Mm-hmm. A lot of Olympic stuff going on in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Uh, on August 7th, the Orlando Magic signs NBA number one draft pick Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. On August 8th, the original U.S. Dream Team wins the basketball gold at the Barcelona Olympics. Oh, 117-85 over Croatia. Wow, that's right. Features the team features the superstars Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Scottie Pippen, Charles Barkley, and Patrick Ewing. Jeez Louise, man. Basically, <laughs> basically, whenever you could make your own custom team in NBA Live '97 or whatever it was '94, <laughs> yeah. that, that was the team you put together and and just completely destroyed anybody else you played. <laughs> that's kind of what happened in real life too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you absolutely positively must obliterate every other basketball team in the world yeah except except (laughs) no substitutes yeah top book for the month of august is still gerald's game from stephen king i think that one went for at least a month or two top movies were death becomes her and unforgiven top songs were baby got back by sir mix-a-lot this used to be my playground by madonna and end of the road by boys to men Mm -hmm. all right that is it for this week or this month in 92 from August of 92. Now on to sneakers, which came out on the 11th of September, 1992 rated PG 13 with a runtime of two hours and six minutes directed by Phil Alden Robinson, who did field of dreams and the sum of all fears. The bomb is in play. How that commercial must've played a million times. That's all <laughs> I remember is that when that movie was coming out in theaters is that the commercial and they would always like, Somebody would be shouting at the end of the commercial, the bomb is in play, and that's all I remember. I know I've seen the movie. I can't remember much about it, but let's see. Phil Alden Robinson also wrote this one, along with Lawrence Lasker and Walter F. Parks. Robinson also wrote Fletch and Ghost Dad. Lasker did War Games and Project X. Parks did War Games and a TV series called Birdland. Producers were Lawrence Lasker and Walter Parks. Lasker produced Awakenings and Project X. Parks produced Men in Black and Gladiator. Music was done by James Horner, who died in 2015. He did Braveheart and The Rocketeer. Cinematography by John Lindley, who did Pleasantville and The Core. Editor by Tom, edited by Tom Rolfe, who died in 2014. He edited Taxi Driver and The Right Stuff. Budget was $23 million, box office $105.2 million. Flick Metrics gives this one a 69%, and CinemaScore gives it an A-. minus. Starring Joe Marr as college-age Cosmo. He was in Night Train and Battle Drone. Gary Hirschberger played college-age Bishop. He was in Twin Peaks and Six Feet Under. Robert Redford played Bishop. He was in The Natural, Butch Cassidy, and The Sundance Kid, and is amazing with a pocket knife, if you've ever seen him do the hand trick. Sidney Poitier, who died in 2022 this year, played Crease. He was in In the Heat of the Night and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. David Strathairn played Whistler. He was in L.A. Confidential and Good Night and Good Luck. Dan Aykroyd was Mother. He was in Ghostbusters and Blues Brothers. River Phoenix, who died in 93, played Carl. He was in My Own Private Idaho and the Mosquito Coast. Timothy Busfield played Dick Gordon. He was in The West Wing and 30-something, which is not what our podcast is about. Don't ask me anymore on Twitter. Eddie Jones, who who died in 2019, played Buddy Wallace. He was in A League of Their Own and The Rocketeer. Mary McDonald played Liz. She was in Dances with Wolves and was President Laura Roslin on Battlestar Galactica. And Donald Logue played Dr. Gunter Yannick. He was in Blade and Gotham. I believe his first 
credited movie role. It was. It absolutely was, yes. So a couple of interesting things here. So Larry and Walter, as they are writing the movie War Games, they kind of, War Games obviously being about the computers, they, in their research, came across the term sneakers. And so they kind of discovered a couple of things about the idea, the concept of these sneakers that were kind of these young programmers that were would break into these top secret installations. And so the two of them, the two writers, were at some kind of a convention in Chicago, and they were talking to some people there, kind of like a computer convention in Chicago, and they asked somebody, they're like, hey, you know, do you guys, are there any sneakers here? Do you guys know any sneakers? And I guess it got real hush-hush, and they're like, yes, there, there actually are some here. You know, we, we sometimes call them black hatters, and uh, yeah, if you want to talk to some, we can, we can maybe put that together for you. And so they had actually started the script for this movie back all the way back in 1982. So they had worked on this script for about wow. 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they were just, they were enamored by the idea of these sneakers of hackers that would, you know, in particular, these teams that would be hired to break into top secret installations or hired as this team was sometimes to find vulnerabilities in your own security. And, and you're hired to break into the unbreakable places to let people know how you broke in. Mm-hmm. No. There are a couple of times in the movie, there's some some fun little almost Easter egg moments, like one of the most famous, I don't know if you want to call him a sneaker, there's a scene in the movie where while they're going through Dr. Brandis's trash, Dan Aykroyd's character holds up a folded box of Captain Crunch. Mm-hmm. Captain Crunch was actually the name, his real name was John Draper. He was what was called a phone freaker, and I guess someone, he... Uh, Captain Crunch himself says that he is not the one that originated with it, but someone else did. They had discovered that in a box of Captain Crunch in the 70s, there was a small whistle that had come as a prize in the box of cereal, and that you could use this whistle, and it had just the right tone to disrupt phone signals. And so one of the myths, at least what it sounds like one of the myths was, was that if you did these tones in just the right way, you could make free phone calls. Or you could at least disrupt the signal in some way. So that was kind of one of the earlier earlier stories of, of somebody like a, a sneaker or a hacker. With digital phones, obviously, it's, it's not a thing anymore. But there's also, in the Scrabble game, the word crunch gets turned into, into scrunchy, which supposedly is not a real word, even though at this point in 92, many adolescent girls would disagree with you. You know, I meant to check, and I never did, so I'm going to look right now and see if it's in the... Uh... Is it in the Scrabble dictionary? If, if it's officially in the dictionary. All right, look it up. Well, well you're doing that, and I want to say, wasn't Whistler's name kind of had to do something with that phone, referencing the phone yeah. freakers and all that? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and Cosmo, he tells Martin later on in the movie that while he was in prison, he helped some mafia guys to make some free phone calls. And this yeah. is actually something that happened to Captain Crunch when he was put in prison. Captain Crunch was in prison with some organized crime folks. We'll, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. And supposedly they threatened him that if he did not help them with some stuff, that uh, his time in prison would become very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So bits and pieces of, of the story are, are from some true events. And, and I, this, I find this era of computers and all that, I, I just find, I'm fascinated. The origin stuff yeah. Were hackers like what they depict in this movie? Was that happening in the late sixties? I mean, to where, what were they? Cause they were doing, they were hacking in and what transferring fund. What were they exactly doing that got them into trouble? I know I'm jumping ahead, but I, I'm, I'm just, I've always, and I remember talking about this when it came out, like I know that the internet, right. The, kind of the origins, wasn't that kind of, was that happening late 60s to where they could get in and do those types of things? Or was that more the 1980s or 90? Like, I, I, I just, I'm fascinated by this. I think the example of Captain Crunch, I think he was probably one of the first hackers and it was through the phone system. Okay. I think the whole idea, the, the phone, I mean, what, what they called freaking, and that was early 70s. Okay. My understanding is he was actually a Vietnam vet, and it was early 70s, and that's kind of what got the idea started of of being able to use computers or to be able to use some kind of technical knowledge to disrupt systems. Okay. I mean, I think I I did look it up. I did look it up, and the term hacking, like, does go back to the 50s. 
but I don't really think it was used in quite the same way, or at least it wasn't as recognizable as a concept until maybe the late okay. 60s, very early 70s. Okay, because what these guys are doing at the beginning, when they, that's all they're doing is they're – because they got the phone on there and they got the computer, and they're they're somehow going in and disrupting banks, right? I mean, you know – Yeah, they're, they're moving money around. They're impersonating an actual transfer and – moving okay. money from an account to an account. It, you know, it, it's, it starts as a commentary on the fact that money isn't money anymore. It's all ones and zeros. Isn't that how Kaz puts it later? Yep. Yeah. Oh, there's so much in this movie. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to be quiet because there is so much to, that we can unpack in oh, this movie. Oh, no worries. All right. So the kind of the, the basic premise of this movie, Martin, a computer hacker is in charge of a team of experts who examine the security of numerous San Francisco businesses. Two NSA agents approach Martin and ask him to steal a recently developed decoder device. This black box, which Martin and his colleagues learn can break any encryption encryption scheme poses a serious threat. If it ends up in the wrong hands, Martin is accused of killing the device's creator after discovering the NSA officers who contact who contacted him were rogue agents because you can't trust anybody. If we learned anything... Too many secrets. Too many secrets. If we learned anything from Indiana Jones' The Last Crusade is don't trust anybody, Dr. Jones. This LTX-71 concealable mic is part of the same system that NASA used when they faked the Apollo moon landings. Work for them. Shouldn't give us too many problems. They break and enter. How are we doing? Cause and physician on the fire escape. Mothers in the cable vault. Trying to sever master circuit. But they're not thieves. We're getting too old for this. They know your secrets. But they're not spies. Gotta be there somewhere. What's he doing? He's like a really. Mr. Bishop, do you mind if I take a look? Carl. Grow up. I give you something to work, baby. So people hire you to break into their places to make sure no one can break into their places? It's a living. Now they've got a new client. National Security Agency. I don't work for the government. Relax, Marty. It's just everybody on your team has had some sort of problem in their past. Now what are you saying? The NSA killed Kennedy? No, they shot him, but they didn't kill him. He's still alive. They may not want the job. Liz, I need your help. I will not be dragged back into your world. But they don't have a choice. We don't want to bust you. We want to hire you. We're the good guys, Marty. Can't tell you what a relief that is, Dick. Your job is to find that little black box. We got it. Holy cow. What the hell is this? There's a war out there, old friend. A world war. Oh, my God. How is this possible? It's not about who's got the most bullets. It's about who controls the information. Anybody want to shut down the Federal Reserve? Hey, don't wait, screw wait, around wait, with wait, that wait. thing. It's all about the information. So it's a code breaker. No, it's the code breaker. Battle stations, do you have the item? Can you guarantee my safety? Where is the item? Can you guarantee my safety? Martin, you've got trouble. Here, maybe this might help. Old buddy of mine who was in Desert Storm sent it to me. Of course, he was on the other side. Now give me the box, Marty! I'm an excellent marksman, woman. I'm Carl. There's a fire escape at the end of the north corridor. Go directly north, directly north, about 30 yards. Five seconds. Hang up, fish. Hang up, they've almost got us. All right, our major moments for this one. We're going to start it off with we're, we're looking back in time a little bit, and Martin and Cosmo are college students, uh, sneakers who are hacking into computer networks and redistributing. The- Cosmo gets arrested after Martin goes out for some pizza and happens to not be there when they bust in and get Cosmo. One of the things I did not mention during our little trivia section was the at uh, the beginning of the movie, the the face of the build, the, the front of the building that you see. Does anybody recognize it from anywhere else? Mm-hmm. 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 Save the clock Great tower. Scott. <laughs> oh. Bum, ba-da-dum, bum, bum, bum. This is heavy. Yes, it is the Is uh, everything always heavy? Ooh, something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull in the future? It is the famous Hill Valley clock tower 
from the Back to the Future movies. So we have got, so that's kind of major moment number one is we're, we're in the past and we kind of see the two get started here and Cosmo gets arrested. Major moment number two, Martin Bishop, as he is now known, heads up a team of security specialists and we find out a little bit about some of their different uh, special skills. We have a, a very particular set of skills and that's uh, going to make it very difficult for, I'm sorry, I've got a little bit of a scratchy throat there but they have a very particular set of skills and they will find you like a liam neeson they will find you not like a daniel day lewis they will find you it's very very different findings Mm -hmm. Um, different movies different findings it's it's all it's all weird but they as a team of security specialists they are hired by different places banks and such places as that to kind of test their security to find out where their vulnerabilities lie and and who can get uh, who can break into them even though they're not supposed to be able to break into them. Other one of our other major moments kind of after we get introduced to the team is some NSA and I'm putting that in quote fingers. Dink dink. NSA officers approach Martin to recover a black box and this is kind of like the the ultimate hacker find is this black box that can supposedly unlock anything. Is the, skele- the scene where they do that is fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's fun. I mean, as you get to know these characters, you know, Dan Aykroyd, his mother, is hilarious. Like, I like all mm-hmm. of his different little things throughout the movie. He's like, oh, yeah, it's the same kind of thing that they used when they faked the moon landing. It's just real matter of fact. Like, it's not, he's not making a big deal out of it. He's just like, no, oh, yeah, that's, just... when the government did that, oh, yeah, when they uh, when they shot Kennedy, and, you know, he's still alive, by the way. But uh, when they shot Kennedy and this and this, and, and he just, like, he'll just rattle stuff off as if as if everyone else in the room should know and agree with what he's saying. Perfect use of Dan Aykroyd. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, I mean, not over, not under. It yeah. played to his strengths. And I honestly, I think that character holds up. And I'm just going to say, talk to people that have read too much on the internet. And I mean, it's the same. <laughs> I really, I think that character and, and the way he, like just what you said was played. I think that holds up. That's something that you can relate to in terms of maybe maybe i don't know maybe you are a conspiracy theorist or maybe you're not but i mean people who read too much on the internet why pat whatever do you mean i'm the truth is out there john that's all i'm saying it is it is that's one way to look at it (laughs) (laughs) i hope to find it someday yeah, so no, this is a, a fun cast of characters. Like the whole, yeah. I it's stacked. It is yeah. stacked. I mean, well, I mean and then on top of it, you throw Sidney Poitier oh on there. Oh my god! Just oh like, my gosh! What's next? Yeah. And some of these at the time, some of these people were were unknown. Not Sidney Poitier. Not unknowns. The wrong word, but like <laughs> David Streth. I always say his last name wrong. Strathairn. Um, Strathairn. Yeah. You know, I don't think he was known all that much at that point yet. No, you know, but he was no. he was awesome. Like it was just ah, everything is so good. When I saw it, the only thing I knew is oh well, that was the colonel in charge of the base from Memphis Bell. Like that's right. the only thing I knew him in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, he was and and they didn't trip over each other. Like no, no it, like it, was, it. Yeah, and I and I and I mean, it was an ensemble very well done. Yeah, and I, I, I'm sure it was writing. But then also like the acting, like no one stole scenes. It real like it just worked so well. Yeah. Ben Kingsley was a mate. Yeah. Ben, we're talking about Sydney Party. Ben Kingsley for crying out loud. Yeah. I mean Well, and then because I didn't I didn't other than the main cast, which I, I wrote all that down in my notes before I went to go watch it, and then I went to go watch it, and then, of course, walks in James Earl Jones at the end of the movie. <laughs> right. Just for a little flair at the right. end. I you mean, know. it's it's almost like it's almost like Sean Connery coming in at the end of Robin Hood's right. you know, Prince of Thieves. Right. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> right. Did you right, recognize James Earl Jones when he was on the phone? No. Okay. No. Because I, okay. I, th- I think I thought it was like a little bit of a distorted voice and it wasn't quite like I couldn't quite pick up what it was. And it sounded maybe even like a little more gravelly than normally James Earl Jones would be. And yeah, no, I didn't pick yeah. it up from earlier. So when he showed up at the end, I was like, so what, how, what, I don't know. and then you get the Lord all Vader, the, all the co-stars are the bit parts, if you will. And it's full of like that guy and those guys and yeah. People that in any other movie could even be like the lead. I mean, it it's just stacked with talent. 
when he walked in at the end and everybody, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but he walked in at the end and everybody's trying to like make their deals and get their stuff. I loved when he dropped that line. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any yeah. further. I, yeah. I thought yeah, that was exactly. great. It was well, well played. I was, I was that was impressive. Most impressive. most impressive. Uh, I want to go watch star Wars tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go home and watch my star Wars. <laughs> I'm a plant. Then, as we find out, we, those scenes where I want to try to I want to try to talk about this without getting my opinion inserted in here because it's not quite time for that yet. But the scene where they discover exactly what this black box does. Oh, that was that was pretty ominous. It was like, all right, we'll try this one. We, you mean we can get into that? Okay, now try this one. And the music in that scene too was like, it's it talk about Hill Valley and things being heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It well, got it got I, heavy. So the only thing I'm going to say and and I I will go maybe a, a little bit further when we get to deep thoughts is the only knock I have on this movie cuz it was it was a fun movie and the only knock I have on it is that there were some times where I was like I feel like some of what's going on here should be very serious. But it's not being treated in a serious way throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And I was and I was okay with that. Like I'm not I'm not dogging on the movie for that. Saying oh it was a terrible movie and I hated it because of that. There were just some moments where I was like, tonally, I'm a little I'm getting tonal whiplash from this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of it. I mean, I loved it. Like I the, the, like the serious parts were fine and the funny parts were totally fine and I I, I thought it was great. But there were just moments that I was like, whoa, wait. It was like watching a tennis match, you know, of of tones in the movie. And I was like, oh, we're here. Okay, now we're here. Okay. Well, I think you're seeing some of them trying to portray these hackers that are supposed to be cool as a cucumber, Mm -hmm. no matter what's going on. And I think that's part of that that attempt, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. But you're but you're right. Those scenes will hit, and suddenly it's ominous, and it's like, dude, this is this is intense. And then you're like, why am I feeling this way? And I, I really think the score does a fantastic job of building that. Well, that and the aforementioned acting talent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know we're, I got to wait for the, the opinion section, but uh, yeah, I, I think those scenes and especially the scene you're talking about, what I love is that there's a lot going on. There's the Scrabble game where he's starting to put things together and actors and actresses all kind of work it. And there's the working through the, decoder thing and in those scenes there's not only a lot of dialogue but there's a lot of action like little mm-hmm. things going on right there I, there's a lot of motion in the scenes whether it's a scrabble game and people moving things or moving chips and having reactions to okay you know whistler's figuring out the machine and he's working through and the machine is whirring and clicking and they've he's got the braille reader and and then he's here, try there, and River Phoenix is like responding to him and working. But then Dan Aykroyd comes in and he's working with one. I mean, there's a lot of just real, I don't know what the movie and camera and film work ter- terminology be, but it, it's just a lot of fine motor skill type stuff mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. And it's, and they're very complex scenes, but they flow so well and they just have so much punch to them. Yeah. I, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Great scene. Great scene. So our next major moment is, well, giddy up, Jerry, because Cosmo is alive, and uh, he wants to use the box to destabilize the world's economy. That's kind of his uh, evil master plan there. Next moment uh, to key in on is that Martin is basically a fugitive again because he has been framed for the murder of the, the creator of the black box with his own gun. So he is he is kind of on the run again. They have to arrange, in order to try to get all the pieces in place that they need and find out what's truly going on here and and all of that. They have to arrange this computer blind date with uh, Dr. Brandis and Liz is uh, because she's basically the only woman in their group. She gets signed up for this blind date and uh, it starts off awkward and uh, it just gets more awkward as the evening goes on, especially when she goes back to his apartment for dinner and uh, things just get weird. Yeah, Yeah, it gets weird. There's there's pickup lines I never knew you could use. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll never think of chicken the same way again. 
Yes. Martin ends up recovering the black box and escapes with it. And uh, we, we kind of see that at the end that Cosmo thinks he has it. And, and there's several different times where somebody thinks they have the black box, but they don't quite. There's a, a bit of a bit of a switcheroo going on there. And so ultimately, final piece of the movie, final scenes of the movie, the actual NSA agents arrive. But are they? But are they? <laughs> are they? I don't know. Well, we have the one's phone number, so we could call her and find out. But they arrive, and basically they're going to hand over the box. Everybody gets their wish list, and they a Winnebago, a European vacation, a girl's phone number, a record cleared, peace on earth, goodwill towards men, and new legs mm. for Tiny Tim. And so everybody sharing their wish list, and, and we'll do the best we can to, to make that stuff happen. And that's the end. Are there any other major moments? We'll get into our thoughts and opinions here in a second are there any other major moments that i didn't hit in the midst of all that as we did the fifteen thousand um, foot flyby yeah i don't know about i don't know if it's a major moment but i i've always loved the whole my voice is my passport verify me yeah. that whole sneaking moment yeah. where he sneaks in to do the switcheroo yeah. the first switcheroo yeah is a big beat for me Having, I, I think I might have already mentioned this, but I don't know if we were recording yet when I said it. I have never seen this movie before, so this is the first time I had seen this one. And so much of it, I'm watching it, I'm going, oh, that's where Mission Impossible got that. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, okay. Uh, I get it now. I mean, I'm, I'm very yeah. much, I'm just sitting there and going, this is so Mission Impossible. Yeah, All right, I that's can see cool. that. Yeah. I can see yeah. that. Are we, are we ready uh, for deep thoughts? I'm going to throw one more scene in there is when he, when he gets abducted and he's in the car and he's, there's that urgency, but then there's a little bit of a humor where he's like, Oh, you again, smack upside the head. And he's trying to figure out how to get back there. And he's like, well, what did you hear? I don't know. I was in a trunk. Well, what did you hear? I was a rope. Okay. Well, did you hear? And all of a sudden you realize what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And when they work that piece together and I heard a cocktail party. Okay. Turn off here. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, that was so and and cool. other movies have played on that since then the yeah. whole what did you hear thing right. and i and of course yeah. i'm sitting there going oh that's where the fugitive got that <laughs> yeah okay yeah. yeah yeah it it's it is a well conceived written and done movie it's yeah. it's awesome yeah all right i think it's time to go just a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole and now, deep thoughts. <gasps> so I think we've already expressed that we do like this movie, so I'm not even going to ask mm. that question because I think that's probably pretty clear. I am going to ask the question, what is it that is most memorable about this movie for you? So when you saw, so it sounds like you both saw it pretty early on, or you've seen it several times since then, when you oh, saw yeah. that this one was on the list oh, yes. and we were going to we were going to be talking about this movie, what was it like what springs to mind when you think of the movie Sneakers? Gosh, too many secrets. My voice is my passport verify me. And the neoprene suit gag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why that stupid neoprene suit mm-hmm. gag gets me every time, but I love it. Is that the thing where he's like... Uh, we you wrap just... you in one of these, and you'll suffocate in five seconds. Yeah, I know. And you still know. can only move this fast, or beep. Right, yeah. right. Something about that bit. I can't explain it, except to say, love it. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. I, for me, it's it's what we talked about where the scenes have punch. You're, it, it has ominous overtones to it, right? It's It's ominous. It has gravitas. It's like, wow, we're dealing with major concepts here. That's what the movie's telling you. And I think it's just done with the acting and the music and it I mean it but it it hits and and you 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 feel the urgency. You feel the stakes. There are high stakes in this movie and you feel that. That's what I remembered is just all the when they go back and the building is demolished, right? Like we were just in this building and it was demolished and they zoom in on the guy like they destroyed my home. Man, they destroyed my home. And I remember just sitting there going, dang, that dude, this is bad. Like, bad stuff is happening. And then I'm like, well, I don't even know this guy. He only came into the movie once. But for some reason, that speaks, that, it was that guy, the homeless guy talking about they destroyed my home. For some reason, that has emotional impact. And that shows the urgency of what 
they're trying to prevent. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, the scene like you have a phone call. Yeah, I'll be there in a minute. It's your mother. You know, I'm wow. Okay, the scene you mentioned where he's figuring out what the box does when he meets Cosmo again after all those years and he he does the hand trick and they go through what was it posture what what, what do they call it a, a problem or whatever they call it and they go through a, Oh yeah, they do the the back and forth thing. The back and forth. That's all super those, cool. Yeah, and it, it, that's 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 what I remember from this is just the 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 impact that the, the movie and its scenes that it had. Agreed. Yeah, I think what worked for me, nothing was memorable because I hadn't seen it before this week. Well, yeah, so as a first time, like, you've seen it once now. Mm-hmm. What grabbed you the most? I think it was the interactions between all the team members. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, it was it was very much, and I know I keep comparing it to other movies, but now that I've seen this one, I'm like, huh, that totally reminds me of The Fugitive, which comes after this one. That totally reminds me of Mission Impossible, which comes after this one. The way they all interact with each other totally, and I know that the one the, the original comes way before that, but the way they interact with each other totally reminds me of Ocean's Eleven, you mm-hmm. know, the, the newer yeah. ones. I haven't seen the older ones for a very, very long time, so I, I'll just compare it with the newer ones. But, you know, I, I, I keep seeing bits and pieces of this movie, and I'm like, there are... There are times where uh, this is going to lean a little bit into the idea of like, is there anything that didn't work? There are times where the story or at least where the story where we're at in the plot gets a little muddied, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I think that's fine because the interactions of the characters with each other, just how they work as a team, uh, the way the writing is with the dialogue, it's just it's funny. Like it's it's punchy. It's funny. And I think their interactions with each other. And, and everybody, like all of their little eccentricities that fit with their specialties, it just it, it just makes it a really funny movie. And I think what's fun about it is it, even though I said that that kind of bothered me a little bit, the, the tonal shift from time to time, is it is kind of nice. It's like a, it's a little bit of a breath of fresh air to have a movie where the stakes are crazy high, but it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's also not a comedy. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of yeah. a, to me, it's kind of a weird, quirky little movie. Like it's fun, and I really enjoyed watching it. But it is a weird, quirky little movie because it's like if you really think too much about the implications of what this black box will do, you should probably be terrified, right? And yet they are terrified when they first discover what this is. But we're still cracking jokes. We're still doing all this other stuff, and it's not. It's not the like. We're super nervous, so that's why we're cracking jokes. It's, no, that's just our personality. We're going to keep cracking mm-hmm. jokes, and eh, if we get this thing, we get this thing. If the, you know, and, and by the end of the movie, the only other part that I think, I, I to use Jeff's term, I bumped on just a little bit, was, was like, wait, you, you guys have already been told several times, don't trust anybody. I don't feel like you guys would trust anybody, so why are we even entertaining the idea of, handing this over to the American government because what makes them any more trustworthy than some of these other people that you've been dealing with the whole time. Now, ultimately, spoiler alert, when you see that he didn't give them, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, they didn't trust him. He didn't trust him, but that whole scene up until that part, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, after all this, you're going to hand it over? I mean, I know it's James Earl Jones, and if James Earl Jones showed up and asked me to give him a, a little black box computer hacker thing, I probably would. But at the same time, I'm like, well, don't make a deal with them because who knows? I mean, who knows if they're even NSA to begin with and, and all right. that. But, no, I think just the combination of the writing, the dialogue, the the characters, how well each of these characters is fleshed out. It's just it's one of those movies, like we said earlier, it's one of those movies that has an ensemble cast that's done well. Yeah. And I think it's really yeah. hard. it's really hard to do an ensemble cast well. Yep. Yep. Do you have a, I'm going to ask a really stupid question here. Do you have a favorite quote or a favorite scene in the movie? Ooh, scene. (sighs) 
I, I I'm going to jump in with a quote because I don't know if the yeah, scene go for it. would work. But I mean, I think the idea that it's not about bullets anymore; it's about who controls the information. And again, I yeah. think, I mean, does that? How does that play today? Right? I mean, like, I mean, how much can we dance around it without getting into? current events and all that kind of thing, but it is who controls the information and what information are people reading and who's responsible and all the Facebook, Instagram and all that went before Congress. Why? Well, we're just a communication platform. We shouldn't be policing what people say should. Okay. Well then people put stuff up there. Should you, people are believing what they're reading on the internet because there's no fact checking and all that kind of stuff that happens when you're talking about the press, right? They got the editorial board. You can write that. They got to do a retraction. You got to, now it's just the information goes directly, right? You got, you know, stuff that came up and I'm, how do I say it carefully? But, you know, you, you found out that a lot of the information that was being presented and these things that look like news sources that pop up on your news feed were actually maybe not from news sources, but originated somewhere else with countries and groups and whatever that had like ulterior motives for doing it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's all out there. And I, I, I know that that's not within the purview of our podcast to comment or judge or all that kind of thing. But that being said, that's out there. That's in our public consciousness right now. That's stuff that we're having to deal with that very thing who controls the information, right? I mean, how many times have we, like just what they're showing. How many times have you heard, oh, there's been a cyber attack, mm-hmm. right? Oh, where'd that come from? You know, like I, it, that's oh. what hit me. Like what sticks with me that after seeing it this time was, oh my gosh, it's 30 years young. It fits exactly all of it, the hacking in and throwing things off and, you know. Oh, oh believe hits. me, working in technology in a school district, it's like right. I, I'm very well aware of. <laughs> right, like yeah, and these cybersecurity needs. Yeah, yeah but then, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Like yeah. the two guys that are on this podcast, I'm the least qualified to talk about. So you'd go, but I mean, that's the part that hits it with me is when he's just. Well, that's why we who, let you talk about Beethoven last time. Okay, yeah. So yeah. But that's now it's this week, John. Yeah. Talk to me about like, you know what I'm saying? What do you think about how the movie holds up and? All that kind of thing. Yeah. No, it's I, it's just, it is a lot of fun. Yeah. It's just a lot of fun. I So I I think, and Pat, you had mentioned something earlier, so I'm, I'm curious to find out more about this. I had a couple of different instances that, that were kind of fun quote-wise or scene-wise. And the one of them, because we are, we try to be as much of a family-friendly podcast as we can, I will only reference the other one by saying, be a beacon. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's so funny. That's so good. <laughs> Like that's it. I laughed out loud when I got to that scene. I was like, "Wait, what?" I, I think I also did a double take, and that uh, was very good. <laughs> that, that was good, and the whole delivery of it too was just hilarious. Mm-hmm. The last scene, I think, the last scene in the movie sums up the movie so well that you're in this very serious moment of handing over this what could be potentially a devastating weapon, mm-hmm. and you're handing mm-hmm. it over, but you're also negotiating for a Winnebago mm-hmm. and a girl's right. and a girl's phone number. And not only yeah. are you negotiating, the, the FBI had uh, given him twins, right? You know? And and not only are you negotiating for it's a serious moment, and you're negotiating with the United States government for for a Winnebago and a European vacation and a girl's phone number. Not only that, but this is where I think the the like the the fun nature of this movie is that the girl then says, "So wait a minute." You, like all these different things, you could pick anything and you want my phone number. And then she gives him his phone number. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that, that, to, that to me sums up the whole movie. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. none of this would ever happen in real life, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's a, exactly. fu- it's a fun escapist kind of spy movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is, it is such a fun movie. So but- Pat, you said, I, I'm curious to know, and, and we'll, we'll, We'll jump to three questions here in a second. But I'm curious to know, because you said here at the beginning, I think very, very beginning of the recording that, or maybe before the recording, that the final scene tear, makes you tear up a little bit. What is it about I, the final scene I, that... I, I just get I just get choked up. And what I, opens I, the I wet mean, works for you? I Well, it's, it's kind of, it's how they all see the world. And, and I mean, this gets into a, a deeper thing, but it's just like, the idea of supporting groups that just want to do 
better in the world. And I mean, it, it, it was definitely trying to make a statement and everything like that, but like Whistler's, and this is going to get into the three question, but Whistler's thing, what do you want? Peace on earth, goodwill towards all. He says goodwill towards men, but goodwill towards all. And it's funny because now whenever anyone asks me, Hey, what do you want for your birthday? Or Hey, what's on your Christmas list? That's all I say. And it, sometimes people just roll their eyes or say, okay, Miss America, or like there's all that, or just various members of the family slash in-laws just become infuriated kind of in the same way. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's what you want. But what do you really want? Peace on earth, goodwill towards all. And I just- I I, want to be a beacon. Yeah, (laughs) I want to be a beacon. Yeah, (laughs) and make sure, but but in all seriousness, and it it hits me and I'd forgotten about it. And it's all of a sudden I'm like, I'm getting all choked up. And like you said, it's just a fun movie. And even with all their eccentricities, they come together to work together. And what they want is it's kind of just they're, they're driven by what they feel is morally right. And, and yeah, I don't know that just hits me, but yeah, that, that concept is the one that really, that concept is the one that really gets me. Yeah. All right. Do we have any final thoughts on the movie before I ask our three questions? If you haven't seen it, you need to. Oh yeah. Yeah. This this is an annual watch. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, if you and it I think because of its comedy and because of the way they play it, it plays to broader audiences. I mean, you can you can be the guy that likes James Bond and like this movie. You can mm-hmm. be the guy that loves spies like us and, and love mm-hmm. this movie. I think it's just so and, and again I want to go back to it 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 fits so much with our the zeitgeist of our time, right? Like, I think there's so many of the concepts that, oh yeah, I, I could totally get that. I could get with what they're trying to show. In a very scary way. Sometimes you're like, wow, okay. Yeah. That hasn't and, changed. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's funny. I wanted to, I, I always love checking out technology from 30 years ago with how they portray things like email screen and how emails work. And what was the movie with Michael Douglas where, it was supposed to be about sexual harassment, but was he was the one that was harassed and Demi Moore was in there and I, they were going into the computers and it was this elaborate like hologram thing and they were using VR and it was all just very, you know, disclosure. Ah, was it, was yeah. And, and you remember in the technology, it was just very like 24th century Star Trek, the next generation kind of hologram kind of stuff mm-hmm. and it's like okay i don't know if that but this one the way they depicted the technology it was like i i could kind of see that like that that's i don't know if it's really like that but just the way the coding and the everything came across on the screen it it didn't seem like they were trying to up it to 11 just to make it look like ooh, look whiz bang technology like it, it was very they gave you enough it it, it really worked yeah, yeah really worked great movie indeed all right it's time for three questions he asks each traveler five questions three questions three questions it's impossible to answer impossible because you don't know the answer nobody could answer that question i want to ask you a bunch of questions i want to have them answered immediately what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right. Our three questions tonight start with question number one. What is your favorite computer in a movie? Oh, this is hard. Mm-hmm. This is kind of um, like, I, I kind of figured the response to this would be about the same as Pat's response to the Beethoven question last week. Yeah, yeah I could grief. I, I was making a list and I just stopped. I was like, that's enough. Because mm-hmm. uh, you got your, you got your Hal's, you got your Johnny you Five. Hal, you got War Games, you got Johnny Five, yeah. you got Master Control, Arnim Zola. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could go all day. Got Skynet, right? You got. To- I appreciate that. After you said Arnim Zola, you said I could go all day. 
Oh, I aim to please. Mm-hmm. You you truly are a beacon. <laughs> I mean, shoot the the. The Enterprise computer was a character at times. I mean, you could go on all day. Mm-hmm. But favorite? Someone says computer in a movie. I think of Hal. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. I can't do that, Dave. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. I'm going to go now... This might be a stretch, but what about the emergency medical hologram? Sure. Yes. From from Voyager. Now, yes. technically not a movie, but he did have an appearance in one of the Star Trek movies. It was in First Contact. Yeah. So, and that, I, I doesn't just, matter. You just a, a movie perhaps an analgesic would be nice. Movie or TV show, you just state the nature of your medical emergency and 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 I I just really liked how that character was developed. And how that was such a poignant part of, like, okay, well, what is considered life, right? Well, and, and um, Picardo is a great actor, too. Oh, right. well, yeah. I mean, that was the thing. And that was the thing. Not only how it was developed in the show, but how the actor portrayed that. I I just found that character amazing. I, I suppose I should be guilted into saying, well, why didn't I say data? And that's another great example. But I don't want to say they didn't develop him as much. But he was no, I, I, I'm not. I, I'm not going to completely form my thought. I like a little bit what they did with the hologram and is this real person? Is this not? And they got into a little bit with data, like is it a real? Was he a real boy or is he not? And there was the whole episode about it as well. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I I, I got to say both because and and it was the same thing. He was on a quest to be more human. So, anyways, I'll say those two would be my favorite. Yeah. What do you got, John? I'm going to go. So I did the same thing as Bo. Like I started to make a list and I was like, oh, there's so many great movie computers to choose from. I'm going to go computer. all. Yeah. How quaint. I'm going to go all the way back to a movie computer that terrified me when I was a little kid. Absolutely terrified by this computer and what it, the havoc it wrought. From 1983, I'm going to go with Superman 3. Ah, there you go. Because as a little kid, when when the villain's sister, Vera, gets sucked into the computer and it starts, like, wrapping those cables around her and she becomes the, mm-hmm. like, robot Vera. And, and it had the little video game where it was shooting the missiles at Superman. Like, as a kid, I kept thinking, I thought that was, like, one of the coolest things. Yeah. But I remember that that whole thing of then Superman got sucked into the computer and it almost killed him. And just that whole scene of the movie, like, that was one of my favorites as a kid. So... I know there's been other since then. I know there's other more maybe sophisticated grown-up answers I could come up with, but I'm going with the computer in Superman 3. Mm-hmm. All right, question number two. If you could hack any database in the world to discover any information you wanted, what would you hack? I want to know if there really were any aliens that landed on Earth. Yeah, that was kind of where I went. But here's the question. Whose database are you going after to find that information? Like, that was the thing I was struggling with. Do you hack the NSA? Or is it the military? Or is it, that was my biggest problem is whose database am I hacking? Yeah. Yeah. That is a pickle. But yeah, that's what I would want to find out. I don't know whose database would have the most accurate information, but right. that's what I would do. I would find out if there were actually aliens. Patrick? I don't know. I think my reaction would be like Sidney Poitier's one. You guys shut it down. Shut it down now. Like I think that would be my gut reaction. I don't know where I would go next. I, I honestly, I don't like, I sit here and my brain just, I, I think I, 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 I'm honestly stumped by this question. I'm yeah. sorry. That's all right. Perfect. But my, gut, but my gut reaction would be 
don't want to hack any of it. Shut it down. Shut it down now. Yeah. No, shut it all down. (laughs) Lock one, lock two, lock three. Lock Loman. Lock Loman. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. I I love you guys so much. <laughs> That's yeah. I love us. I envy us. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Bo. Were you going with the uh, with the aliens? Yeah, like I said, I just have to figure out who to hack. But okay. yeah, I mean that would be amazing because I'm I, I'm I'm definitely of that. We are not alone mm-hmm. mentality. I just got to figure out, you know, yeah, all that stuff. Well, you take the NSA. I'll take the Pentagon. We'll just do done. It. Yeah, between those two, there's got to be something. Agree. Oh my gosh, that last line. You're, they're going to be knocking at our door like two minutes after this episode drops. Well, my my voice is my passport. No, verify um, me. Yeah. All right. Question number three. What is your favorite kind of sneaker? As in shoe. I can answer this one real fast. It's one that I don't have. But okay. One, but one that if I won the lottery, I would totally buy these. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the actual ones that they made that I think came out in 2016 is the Nike Mag shoes that were the working replicas of Marty's Power Lace shoes from Back to the Future 2. Oh, oh wow! I don't even know cool. if that. I don't think I knew that was a thing. Oh, it is. Oh my! They made like a limited number of them with actual power laces. What? Yeah, they were supposed to come out That's in insane. like in like the spring of 2016. Yeah, let's see. Oh yeah, back That's in 20 back in 2011, they made some called the Nike Mags, but it did not have the power laces. And I believe in 2016, they came out with ones that actually had power laces. Now, granted, the 2011 ones that did not have the power laces, they're going for about $8,000 on eBay. Oh, dear. And so that's, and it might even be more than that now, because this is a story from, I'm reading this article from 2014. So that's already almost like 10 years ago. Yes, that's what I would go with. The sneakers. I, otherwise, I don't really care about shoes. I'm not a shoe person. But yeah, if, if I could, if I could get a pair of Nike mags, just like the ones he had in 2015 and Back to the Future too, I would go with those. Sweet. What about your footwear? What do you go with? I uh, I love Brooks running shoes. Yeah, love Brooks. So I'm. Um, that's that's where I'm going. Nice. I don't really get into shoes much, so I'm just going to say plain old Skechers. Okay. Nice. I always wanted, like, back in the day, I always wanted some, like, the, the pump shoes. Oh, right. I always wanted some of those. I always thought those were kind of cool. Or, or, like, the Air Jordans or whatever, but I didn't really... I didn't necessarily care enough about the shoes to like argue with my parents to pay 200 and whatever dollars for a pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I was content with saying those are cool. I won't ever own yeah. them, but those are cool. Right. So no, I, I would stick with the Nike mags. I would, would love a pair of those power laces on. And a coat, and a, coat that, out. a coat that dries itself, like that would be nice too. Right? Auto dry on. Yep. <laughs> Your jacket is dry. Hey, kid, little girl, thanks. Keep it. I got a pit bull. <laughs> I got, I a, got pit bull. a pit bull now. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the 30-something movie podcast. As we march on into the rest of our month of August, our Patreon episode is Best Motorcycle Movies, which I know Pat is extremely psyched for. Mm-hmm. we got a couple of Patreon shorts coming up. We haven't determined yet what one of those will be, but one of the other ones will be Creep Show from 1982. We're going to kind of keep it to about a 15-ish minute review of that one. So check that one out. If you are not one of our Patreon co-executive producers, any amount of support on Patreon gets you access to all of those episodes 
There is a bunch of bonus content on there. So on top of our already 422 plus episodes, there's plenty of stuff over there as well too. So go check that stuff out. And then the rest of our episodes this month, we've got Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross is coming up next week. Captain Ron, Wayne's World, and White Men Can't Jump. Party time. Excellent. I feel kind of funny, like when we used to climb the rope in gym class. Iconic movie. All kinds of good stuff. All kinds of good stuff. Did you, when Bugs Bunny used to dress up like a girl, did you ever think he was attractive? (laughs) No. No. And then he laughs, and then yeah, no, <laughs> no. Okay, neither did I. No, neither, neither I'm just did checking. I. Just checking. Just checking. Yeah. All right. Oh man. Well, gents, the truth is out there. I don't know if we uncovered it or not, but it is out there. It is at that. Sometimes it's way out there. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you, as always, gents. I always have fun talking with you. Yeah, Thank man. Thank you, John, for getting us together, as always. We talk, as Pat said earlier, we talk movies. Yes. We speak movies. Is that what it is? We speak movie? I I think so. I got to figure out what that commercial is. Yeah, but yeah. Something like that. But we do. We speak movie. All right. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. And we'll see you back here next week for Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. See you next time. Bye now. <laughs>